Well, Happy New Year. It is so good to see you. I'm going to invite you to please take your seat for just a few moments. I'm excited to welcome you to Impact City on the first Sunday of 2022. We made it. Amen. There we go. There we go. We're so excited that you're here. We're so excited for what God has in store for you as we kick off uh, different, different things that are designed to lift up the name of Jesus and to be able to serve our community. Amen. Before we jump in, I want to uh, remind you that this Wednesday is first Wednesday. We, we come together just one Wednesday out of the whole month. So this is your opportunity. I'm excited uh, for us to come together for first Wednesday. I want to just remind you that there, are, there is the opportunity for you to sign up for the Dream Team. Have, if you have not done that yet, we also have some new Dream Team merchandise, the very first merchandise that lists, that links Impact City Church and of the dream team to be able to live out our dream and serve God and serve his people that's available in the warehouse. And lastly, I'm excited to uh, remind you and to maybe just communicate to you for the very first time that this next, next Monday, we will begin 21 days of prayer and fasting. We believe that God is at the center of what we do and we believe that we should put him first. And that is why we are going to dedicate that time. Um, and it's strategically placed on the 10th so that we could finish on the last Sunday of January on the 30th. So more information is gonna be provided to you uh, as we go through today's message. Are you ready for the word today? Amen. Matthew chapter six, verse 33. Um, it is in the YouVersion app. You'll see the main points. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And, and Jesus here is speaking, and he tells his, his followers in, in Matthew chapter 6, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. Don't worry about tomorrow. And right after that important piece that he shares with them, he shares this very familiar verse that you could probably quote. Um, and, he, and I would like to use this as we begin the year. In Matthew 6, 33, he says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Amen? I want to talk to you about putting God first, placing him where he deserves to be. So I'd like to begin just by asking a rhetorical question. Could it be? that we have been frustrated in life, regardless of how many years you have been alive, regardless of how many years you have been in church? Could it be that we are frustrated where we're at because we are so caught up with the these things portion of this particular verse? Could it be that all our emphasis, could it be that all our attention has been on these things and, and building certain things up and being able to have a, a, an incredible resume, to be able to have a portfolio, to be able to have a career, to be able to do all the things that we do in this life and that we are so focused on these things, but yet there's an emptiness and yet there's a void and yet we wake up in the morning, we say something's missing, something is missing. Could it be that we're we're doing things backwards. 
Could it be that we are doing things backwards, taking care of everyone else and taking care of everything else because there is a lot to do. There is a lot to do uh, in life. But when you look at the picture of Mary and Martha and Jesus is in the room, you'll see that Martha is so busy taking care of and attending and all of that is important. It's necessary. But Martha was so caught up in the day-to-day operations that she missed out what Mary had had a glimpse of it and just to be at the feet of Jesus. Can I tell you that there, there does need to be the Martha component in us that takes care of, of everything that we need to in our lives, as in our responsibilities. But can I also tell you that the most important component of our lives is the Mary component, to be able to recognize who Jesus is in our lives and to be able to sit at his feet and to be able to take time and tell him, Jesus, if I don't do anything else today, let me just spend some time with you. Let my soul be, be sustained through your presence and through your spirit. Because many of the times we're, we take care of everything. And if we have time, if, and sometimes it's a big if, we will fit God in. We'll fit him in. And there we are, constantly just spinning our wheels, doing the things that we know to do, doing the things that we are comfortable doing, but yet we're not going anywhere not progressing, not moving forward, not accomplishing all that we can, not accomplishing all that God has for us because our priorities are truly not where they need to be. Our, and our habits are reflecting that everything else is important but God. Amen. I'll say that one more time. Our habits are reflecting that everything else is important but God. It's been said in that manner. So as we start this year, I want to set the tone here as a church, declaring that we will be a church that puts God first, that we will, put a, that we will be a church that prays first and doesn't see prayer as a last resort or as a spare tire. No, that we will pray, that we will seek God, and that we will place him first in our lives, and that we will see incredible growth in our spiritual lives. But not only that, the Bible tells us that when we seek him first, all all these things will be added unto you. So when I seek him first, God takes care of the rest. How many know that today? How many know that he cares about the details? He cares about your frustration, and he, he cares about your worries, and he, he cares about what you uh, are facing today. But I want to tell you that instead of shifting our, instead of putting our focus on our problem, we need to put our focus on the one who, who the one who, uh, who is the promise keeper, and that is Jesus. Instead of, instead of evaluating what the challenge and, and the problem, the situation, and the dilemma that is in front of you, can we just... Uh, evaluate the greatness of our God and say, God, I'm going to seek you and I'm going to trust that you're going to take care of this. I'm going to, I'm going to go before your throne and I'm going to trust that you're going to work things out in my relationships and in my job and in my finances and in my health. I'm going to just seek you. I'm going to trust in you and you're going to take care of everything else. So we will be a church that puts God first. So there's a few things that we need to know in our journey moving forward, and I want to share those things with you this morning. We need, number one, we need hope for the future. We need hope 
for the future. Because maybe you feel that you're too far gone. Maybe you feel that you've done too much. Maybe you feel that you have messed up too much, that you have been addicted too long, that you have been in that habit too long, that too much has happened, and you tell yourself that it is impossible to even see the light at the end of the tunnel. I want to tell you, but God... But God, God can insert himself into your life and make a change like you have never seen before. The Bible tells us in John chapter 4 that there was a woman that would go to draw water at at the heat of the day. She would avoid it while it was customary to go in, in the morning when it was cool or to go in the evening when it was cool. She would go into the desert in the heat of the day just because there was so many issues going on on the inside that she would avoid people because, you know, if she were to run into somebody at that well, people were going to ask her how things were going. People would judge her. People would criticize her. She would go to avoid people. And Jesus throws off his closest followers on one occasion. He, he deviates from his plan and goes and he tells them, I must go to Samaria. I must go. It's not that I want to go, but I, I must go. There is something that, that needs to be attended to today. Let me tell you that Samaria was a place that you would absolutely avoid. Samaria was not a city that, that was illustrious by any means. No, it was somewhere that you would say, nope, I I don't want to go there. But Jesus said, I have to go. Jesus said, I have to go. Can I tell you that he's a God that will change things up for you? Can I tell you that he is a God that will go to places that other people say, nope, I'm not going there. He says, I will go there for you. You are that important to him. You are that valuable to him. There is that much purpose on your life. That is, There is that much destiny on your life that he will change things up for you. He goes and he meets this woman at the well. And this woman woman, uh, and he begins to just have this conversation with her, and she, she's, she has a wall. She's very standoff-ish because of the things that, that has gone through her life. So he finally asks her a question and says, where is your husband? She says, I, I don't have a husband. And he said, that's right, because he is a God that knows everything. You don't have a husband. You're, you're, you have a man in your life. You've been married five times. You have a man currently that you are living with. But let me introduce you, he, he says, to the seventh man, the perfect man. And, and he came and he tells her, and he tells her this. And I love the way that the message translation puts it. If you knew the generosity of God, you would be asking me me for a drink and I would give you living water. What does that mean? Why, why am I interjecting to say that? Because you are that important to him, number one. But number two, if you knew who you have available to you, maybe we are not taking in all that we have available to us, all the power that we have through him and his presence that brings provision that we have in Jesus Christ. If you knew him, and the Bible says that her life was forever changed. She went to go tell people, hey, come see a man. And I'm sure they said, oh, I'm sure there, there is a man. But no, come see a man like that, that, that told me everything about me. He changed me. She was changed in one instance. What am I saying? She felt like she had done too much. She would avoid people. She would avoid conversation. She would avoid responding to people. But Jesus showed up and changed her life. And if he can do it for that woman, he can do it for you. 
He can do it for, and not only that, he can do it for your husband, and he can do it for your wife, he can do it for your child that is not here, he can do it for your parents, he can do it for relatives, he can do it for friends. We serve a God that can do anything. So you need hope for the future. When you look at Jeremiah 29, 11, it's a scripture that, that's very familiar to us. When he says, I know the plans that I have for you. They're plans of good and they're not of evil. But you have to understand the context of what is taking place in the life of, of, of the Israelites at this time. They're not at their highest point. No, they're in exile. They're in bondage. And in this moment of loneliness and in this dark season of their life, Jesus, God speaks to them and says, I know the plans that I have for you, that, that they're plans of good. While you are down right now, I, I see you lifted up. While you are lonely right now, I see you. I see you sustained. While you are in a dark moment, that may be the word for you today, that while you find yourself in, in exile, maybe chained up emotionally or spiritually, God says, I know the plans that I have for you. And just as God showed up then, he'll show up again. He will show up again. So we need hope for the future. The second thing, we need repentance from the past. Repentance from the past. I can't keep doing what I'm doing and expect things to change. I can't continue those, the same habits and expect things for the product to be different. If I'm going to get new results, if I'm going to do something different, I have to do, uh, if I'm going to obtain something different, I have to do something different to be able to get that. Paul said this in Philippians chapter 3. He said, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to having taken hold of it. Remember, Paul, this is one of his last letters that he writes, and, and he has written almost all the New Testament, half of it at least, but he says, one thing I do, I forget what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. There's a reason why your windshield is bigger than your rearview mirror. Your future is greater than your past. And I want to say this, that I can't go back and change the beginning. And you can't go back and change the beginning, but we can start where we're at and change the ending. What do you want your ending to look like? We can go back. We can't go back, but I can start right now, and I can make some active decisions, some intentional decisions to be able to change the ending. The third thing, we have to form healthy habits. We have to form healthy habits. Don't become so well-adjusted, the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, the message version, to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God, and you will be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants for you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you. Develops well-formed maturity in you. Paul says that you don't have to fix your attention on, on a man. You have to fix your attention on God. That he has to be at the forefront. That he has to be the priority. And that when you do that, when your attention is fixed on God, you will 
will be changed from the inside out. It doesn't start on the outside. No, it starts on the inside. My attitudes, my words, my actions, my beliefs, the outside will change when I change what is on the inside. The Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Paul goes on to say that unlike the, the, the culture that is around you that is always dragging you down, we, we have to release ourselves uh, sometimes from people who will drag us down and we have to be able to uh, identify those unhealthy relationships and, and friendships in our lives and say, I can't let you bring me down because it is God who brings out the best in you. He is the one that develops this well-formed maturity in you, the maturity that we need to be able to grow in God, to be able to grow in him comes from him and him alone. I can't obtain it without him. I can't get it without him. There's a saying that I like that we are what we repeatedly do. And another one that says we form habits and then our, our habits form us. We become who our habits are, what our habits indicate. So I have to focus on what I do first. And I have to make sure I do what is most important. Amen? I have to make sure that I do what is most important. What, the, what is that? You may be asking. It's put God first. Put God first. So let's look at this. Exodus chapter 20 tells us, and God spoke all these words. He said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt out of the land of slavery. Aren't you glad for what he has brought you out of? And he says, you shall have no other gods before me. From the very beginning, as God takes his people out of Egypt, God established the fact that we would have no other gods. He says, I am the Lord your God. And if you'll notice that, it is a capital G, your God, and you shall have no other gods, little g, before me. He establishes himself. He says in, in the word, I am the Lord your God, and besides me there is none. So what does this mean? He has to be first in our lives. That, that my job can't be my little God. That, that my ambitions can't be my little God. That he has to be my God. That he cannot be a spare tire. That he has to be the one that I seek first. The one that I go to first. Before I do anything, I have to consult with him. He is, I have to put him first. I have to put him first. The second thing out of this particular, because you're like, you've already shared four things. Well, your version app is what i got to tell you. Give God is this, this is okay? I'm challenging us this morning as a church to be able to live a better life. I'm telling you, the secret is putting God first. I have to give God the first of everything. I have to give God the first of everything. I'm talking to myself this morning alongside you. And when I'm talking about giving God the first of everything, people's minds immediately goes to money. But this is so much more than, than just money. This is giving him the first of everything, the first of my words when I wake up. Thank you, Jesus, that you woke me up this morning. 
Thank you that you've given me strength in my body to be able to get out of bed and that I can do what I need to do today. Everything is because of you that I have to give him my first thoughts that, that instead of my, when I wake up, instead of my mind going to a problem that I have to solve that day, that my mind would go to God and say, God, you are the, you are the, you are at the forefront and you are first. And yes, I have problems, but, but with you on my side, I'm going to be able to solve those in Jesus name that yes, I have frustrations, but with you, with you at the front of everything that I do, everything is going to be okay. Let's look at what Leviticus says in, in Leviticus 27:30. A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. Let's look at what Deuteronomy 14:23 says. Bring this tithe to eat before the Lord your God at the place he shall choose as his sanctuary. This applies to your tithes of grain. Notice it's not just limited to one area. It's everything to grain, to new wine, to olive oil, and the firstborn of your flocks and herds. And look what it says. The purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your life. That's what, that's what it comes down to, that he is first, that before I do anything else, you're first. And, and can I tell you that when you do that, that God can do more for you with 90% than what you can do for yourself with 100%, that he is the one that looks out for us, that he is the one that is going before us. I have to give him the first of everything. And when I say everything, we have to give him the first of everything. Amen. I have to give him the first of my year. The first of my year. That's why you're here this morning. That's why you're here this morning. I'm excited about, I told you about 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're going to give him the first of our year that starts on January 10th. And we'll go through the 30th that Sunday. I want to emphasize that, that we fast with purpose. That we fast with purpose. We give something up to get closer to him. That is the purpose of a fast. So as we begin this journey, this coming Monday, when we're looking at what fasting is, we are replacing something, and we should be seeking God during that time. So what does that mean? I just can't skip a meal and just sit on the couch and, and think about how hungry I am. It happens, but I have, to, I have to take that lunch hour, whether that be 30 minutes, an hour, whatever that is to you. If you're skipping a meal, this is for example purposes, I'm going to take that hour and I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to put on some worship music. I'm going to seek God and I'm going to let him know, God, that you're more important than what I would be normally doing during this time. That I'm not just saying, you know what, I'm fasting, but that I'm fasting with purpose, that as I give this up, I, I want to grow in you. That as, if I, that as I leave this behind and as I, I put this to one side, that I am saying, God, you are more important than me. This is good preaching, y'all. This is good preaching that is going to help us grow in God and see the results of it in all areas of our lives. You have to couple that with time in his presence. Amen? With time in his presence. 
So I want to talk about a few different types of fasts. As you begin to prepare mentally, there's complete fasts. So as we go for 21 days, there's, there are those that will only drink water for 21 days. That, that could be you. But then the, there's those that will do a selective fast. And this is where the Daniel's fast comes into play um, that you'll read about in the Bible that he just ate vegetables and he gave up meat, gave up, you know, uh, all the, and, and just focused on, on this and what that looks like. And, and can I just tell you, it's not just about giving up broccoli. Don't just give up broccoli. I, I hear, <laughs> so, so it's a, a selective fast. So maybe that applies to you where you're just saying, God, I'm giving up, I'm giving up Cokes because I'm addicted to Cokes. Whatever, whatever that is, that, that it would be something that is of value to you and that you would say, you know what, God, as much as I love sweet bread, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give that up for this time. What is it for you? There's a partial fast. There's a partial fast, which is also known as the Jewish fast, that, that you just abstain uh, uh, from everything for, from sun up to sundown, that you, you don't consume in anything, usually from 6 o'clock in the morning to 6 o'clock in the evening. Maybe that's something that would be applicable to you. And then there's a soul, there's soul fast, such as giving up social media, because there, there may be some of us in this room that would give up all food for 21 days before we gave up Instagram and Facebook. Whatever it is, or Snapchat, or TikTok, all of them, whatever it is. But for, for you to be able to say, how much time do you spend on social media? How much time do you spend on your phone? You know, it gives you this wonderful reminder. Man, your usage, your usage is up this week. Or, or how much time, can you imagine if, if we just put that aside? And, and obviously take the important phone calls and, and text messages. But to be able to say, you know what, God, instead of spending my time reading the news that's only going to make me more upset or, or more sad, that I'm going to spend time in your word. Whatever you choose to do, let it be something meaningful. Let it be something meaningful. The first of our year, the first of my month. Can I tell you, the first of my month also belongs to him. The first of our month also should belong to him. So what, when I look at your calendar, if you look at your calendar, what, what is important there? What do you have penciled in? What do you have penciled in? Does your calendar match what you say and what I say is important? Or are we giving importance to areas of our lives that really should not be taking up our time. What is penciled in in your calendar? I've, I've told you this before that we say we don't have time to work out. We have, we have time to work out. It's just not that important to us. We have time to do whatever we need to do, but is it that important to us? The first of our month. When you look at your calendar, when you look at your schedule, what are you penciling in? This, this is when I got to go to church. This is, this is what is important to me. This is when I'm serving. This is when I'm going out and having my small group. This is what is important to us. And the first of my week. First of my, 
there's a reason why we come to church on Sunday. We begin our week with worship. We begin our week with worship and coming together. Could you give God the first of your week? Could you and I give God the first of our week that we would focus on two things, worshiping and resting? Because can I tell you that rest is important and vital to your success and to my success just as a living human being that I can't do anything if I'm tired. That you can't do anything if you're tired. That if we violate the laws of health and if we violate the law of rest, that we will die with our talents and with all our gifting and with all our abilities because God, we have limits that we have to do. And what would our lives look like if I came to church on Sunday and if I worshiped and then if I took the rest of the day off to just relax with family and to just not focus on anything else and just say, you know what, I'm going to take time to let my body unplug and to be able, I already gave God the first of my day. I came to church in the morning, but now I'm going to take some time and just rest because can I tell you, you need rest. You need rest. We're, we're tired. We're always going here and there. We just have to stop sometimes and just say, you know what? My body needs to rest. I just need it. And I need to tell you that it is, it is biblical that you and I need to take a Sabbath, that we need to take some time off and just what better day than to come to the house of God to worship and then say, you know what? I'm just going to enjoy the rest of the day off. What would your life look like? Few, a few months down the line, if, if we could just say, God, I'm going to give you the first of, my, first of my week, that we could get more done with God in six days than what we can do on our own in seven days. Bring me to the first of my day, and this is what I want to put out to you this year. As a challenge. So, what would your life look like 365 days from now if we looked at this? So, the first of my day, I'm, I'm really not a morning person. Can I just be honest with you? I am not a morning person. And some of you, this is easy, but I, all of us collectively together, I, I'm committing us. If I don't commit you to anything else, I'm committing you to do this. The first 15, I'm gonna wake up earlier. And I want you to do the same. Because can you imagine if you and I together would spend time, you know, we would just wake up and, and for those of you that need caffeine, that your, your coffee mug would be already ready to go as you wake up in the morning and that you would say, I'm going to wake up today and I'm going to put God first. Could you imagine what your day would look like? If you woke up and said, this is the day that, that the Lord has made, I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. And I'm going to spend some time with the God who created me and the one who put breath in my lungs to be able to get up this morning. And the one who put strength in my bones to be able to move and to be able to function. The one who, who has given me the wisdom that only comes from him. I'm going to do what I need to do to be in his presence first. So what does that look like for you? And it's this simple. Let's spend five minutes in his word. There's, 
there's reading plans where you can go through the whole Bible in a year if you just carve out five minutes. And I realize that this is just a start and, and that we will grow and that we will advance. But what, is, what would your life look like if you just spent five minutes in his word? If you then spent five minutes in worship, that's like one song. And depending on what song you choose, it may be, may be more than that. It could be a little less than that. And then you just spent five minutes in prayer that you, that you would just say, God, I'm so grateful for today. I'm grateful for the privilege to be able to wake up and spend time with you. I'm grateful, God, to just be able to enjoy your presence and to be able to start my day putting you at, at the front of it. What would your life look like at the end of this year if you were to do this for just 15 minutes a day? That's not even a TV show. But I really do believe our God is worthy of it. I promise you that you will be far better off if you didn't do this. And when you do this, when we put God at the first of our year, at the first of our month, at the first of our week, and when we put him at the first of our day, then you can expect God to bless the rest. You can expect, you can live in expectation. There's some of us, you know, there are certain things that you have expectation for. If the worship team would join me. There are certain things that you have expectation for. I expect a paycheck every two weeks or I expect a paycheck every month. Whatever, whatever your schedule is, you can live your life in expectation of God blessing everything that you are involved in when we put him first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these things will be added unto you. All those things that keep you up at night, all those things that worry you, all those things that you're trying to plan out and talk to consultants, all those things that you are trying to do on your own. God says, I will work it out for you. I will fight your battle. I will be the Lord, your God, who is with you. I will be the one who sustains you. I will be the one who gives you strength. I'll be the one that gives you the words to speak and the wisdom to operate. I'll give you the strength in your body. I'll be able to work it out for you if you put me first. If you put me first, I can expect God to get involved in the, the big things, but I can also expect God to get involved in the little things, in, in the strange relationships, and in the, 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 the conversations that you need to have. I can expect God to get involved in those because I'm putting him first. Look at what Proverbs 3 says, In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Look what it says. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Look what it says. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruit of all your cups, of all your crops, should I say. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. When I honor him and I put him first and I, and I give him the first of everything, then my relationships will be overflowing. Then my career will be overflowing. Then my job will be overflowing. Then my, my business, my, my family, all of that, all my finances, my health, all of it will be overflowing because I can put him first. 
the peace in my life will be overflowing. The tranquility in my life that only comes from Him. When I submit to Him, He will open up the windows of heaven. The Bible says He will. When we put Him first, He is a God that multiplies. He is a God that multiplies. I don't know about you, but I, I'm, I want God to multiply some things for me this year. I want God to multiply some things for me this year. And I'm trusting and believing that you are too. Can we do this together? Can we put God first? Can we put him at the first of our year? Can we put him the first of our month, the first of our week, and the first of our day and see what God does in your life? Wouldn't it be just awesome to live in just expectation and saying, God, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know you're going to do it because your word says it. Your word says it. Can I pray for you? Father, we thank you. We thank you. In this moment, we thank you that you are involved in every detail. God, I thank you that you are who you say you are, that you can do what you say you can do. I thank you that I am who you say I am. I am not what the world defines me as. Nope, I am blessed, I am highly favored. I have your grace and I have your mercy over my life. God, we come to you on this first Sunday of the year and we say God you are first God we say you are first break down every barrier break down every wall break down every obstacle that stands in the way of me coming and seeking you first God I commit to you we commit to you today as a church to put you first we commit to put you at the first of our year, the first of our month, the first of our week, and the first of our day. God, we know that you will do great things in our lives. We know that there is a peace that surpasses all understanding that is available to us. We know that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. We thank you that all of that is a result of seeking you first. We know, God, that you will work things out. And I ask you right now, God, for every heart that is heavy, for every mind that is occupied with, with struggle, with work, with a challenge that has presented itself, God, I pray right now that as we begin to put you first, that you would do a great work, that you would begin to work it out the way you can work it out, that you would do what only you can do. God, I thank you for working in every circumstance. I thank you for the healing that only comes from you, for the deliverance that only comes from you, for the restoration that only comes from you. I, I thank you, God, that you are working right now, that you are working right now. God, we just put you first today. We just put you first today. As your eyes remain closed, if you are in this place and you have not ever 
made a decision to give Jesus your life and say, God, I want to live for you. I want to serve you. Come into my heart. I want to invite you to raise your hand because I want to pray with you. If you are here in this place, I see you. If you are in this place and you say, Jesus, today's the day. I'm going to start off a new year giving my life to you and just watching you work in my life. I want everyone at the sound of my voice to pray together with me as we pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me, for saving me, for restoring me. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Change. Restore. Let me live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Could we stand to our feet and give God some praise this morning?